Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. If you are watching Boggy Talk today, you notice it looks a little different, but if you're listening, uh, you're in for a treat because I am joined here by Tyler and Kelsey. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey. Hello. Uh, Yeah, so we have some special guests and we are not saying their last name on purpose and you'll find out why in just a second. But um, yeah, Tyler and Kelsey are joining us here today and you guys have been here as members of Church on Bayshore for how long three ish years years. you guys like came like right when we started reopening after covid right i think yes yeah yep cool yeah so you guys are here and why are you here because I asked you to. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, we are joined by Tyler and Kelsey today because they are in process and about to be appointed with the International Mission Board to go and serve uh, as career uh, M's, as we'll call, which is short for the M word. <laughs> so uh, we, we will speak in a little bit of code uh, because the area where you guys will be going to is what we would call a secure area. Is that the right word? Yeah, they um, say restricted. Uh, restricted. That's high a better restriction. high restriction area in terms of, you know, being there. You, you don't just say, hey, we're here as M's and we're come to, you know, there's a lot of restrictions that certain countries and governments place uh, on people coming in for those reasons. And you guys are going to be going to one of those areas in North Africa. Uh, And we're thankful for that and excited for that. But today we wanted to take time for you guys, just for the church family and just others who listen to this podcast uh, from around the world. Uh, We have some folks listening from overseas too, who who check in with us. Um, Just really for you guys to share your story, for the church to hear your heart, uh, not just for the nations, but just for the for the Lord, for Jesus and evangelism and sharing your faith. So uh, we're going to just dive right in because your words will be far more interesting than mine. <laughs> so uh, I want you guys, why don't you just, who are you? Who are you? This this is not an existential crisis uh, question. Who who am I? Uh, why don't you just introduce yourselves and maybe uh, where you grew up, how you met, all those things. Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, locally and um, grew up, I mean, kind of faith background. I grew up going to church um, anytime it opened. Um, uh, it was a, uh, a a good place to grow up around here in the Bible Belt, but obviously a, a lot of... Um, yeah, so just because I grew up in the church, uh, church similar to this one, obviously doesn't mean I... But you're not born a Christian. You're born a Muslim, born a Buddhist, born a Hindu, but um, came to faith pretty early on and um, just kind of worked through that through the years. And as a time went on, um, started growing in my faith and eventually, which I guess we can kind of discuss how we kind of got called into um, ministry, but um, yeah, felt called to to go overseas for the first time. And that was really kind of where, where God started to open my eyes to what's going on in the rest of the world and outside of my own little world 
and kind of figuring that out. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Kelsey, what about you? Because you're not from this glorious part of the world. Local. No, um, <laughs> I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So way south. Tyler calls me a Yankee. Well, it basically is another because country. Because it is, for, you it know, is for not the, the south. Of the south it Florida. is not it the is, south. It is not I the did same. not grow up on sweet tea. That's for sure. <laughs> and my family thinks that I have now gained an accent living in the south with tyler <laughs> they're like you are southern I'm like okay that was pretty good though that was a pretty good i did i did throw a little in there yeah um yeah so i grew up in fort lauderdale at a really awesome thriving church in downtown fort lauderdale um but actually that rewind from there my parents were missionaries in uh, Europe, Eastern Europe, when things were locked down and they were smuggling Bibles, they actually have a really cool story. Um, but I grew up in Europe overseas, kind of with that worldview, very different than I think most people. Um, I only lived there until I was about four, but I mean, my parents would take us out on the streets when they were doing work and we'd just be strapped on or in a stroller and they, um, yeah, they brought us along with them to do, to do all that. And now I was young, so I don't remember a ton of it, but that's the background that I was born into. And so we come back They're They're both Americans. So we came back to South Florida where they met. And, um, I was probably about seven or eight when I decided I wanted to follow Jesus. And I asked Jesus in my heart, my dad kind of led led me in that and, um, grew up in church, grew up with wonderful leadership, wonderful mentors and lots of missions focus at our church and lots of bigger worldview than what was right there. And, um, I think that that was unique being in South Florida. There's so many diverse nations kind of, um, on the spectrum. And so I grew up in a church with like, I think there were 60 nations or yeah, something. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. represented yeah, at beautiful. the church. So it, yeah. So it was very different, I think than, than most people, but, uh, yeah. So called emissions mm-hmm. or what, what, yeah, that's going? cool. Where that's good. You know what? I love what you said that. And really that probably has maybe even a deeper impact on you than you even realize have grown up in a church like that, where there's so many, uh, nations represented, yeah. represented. And I remember like when I lived in Korea and the church where I was a part of there was an international church and leading worship there. And it really just kind of spoils you in some ways because you, it really helps you if you've grown like I had grown up in the American church, which that's great. Praise God for that. Mm-hmm. And, but then being able to be a part of a church that there's people from different cultures and backgrounds and as best as possible, we try to, that's represented in the expressions yeah. of worship and, uh, and really a little bit of a taste of heaven. And we would sing a song and you'd hear people singing in a, their own language, their mm-hmm. heart language and beautiful things. So uh, let's fast forward a little bit and talk about how you guys met because everybody want, everybody loves a good love story. <laughs> uh, so how did you guys meet growing up in very different parts of the state of Florida? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so actually, uh, funny enough, we met going overseas, so... We didn't know each other until the training process um, for going overseas the first time. So we both did two-year terms. Um, Kelsey was in um, Italy, and I was in Kazakhstan. And so at the training, it's like eight weeks process. 
and I saw her on the other side of the volleyball court for the first time. Uh, Unfortunately, she spiked that ball in your face. She's like, eat it, boy. Actually, she doesn't even remember me being there, but that was the first time I met her. Uh, And you remember. (laughs) Yeah. It was a large group. It was a large group. There were a couple standout uh, personalities, and Tyler was more of a background (laughs) spectator at the time. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, so that's where you met. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And so that was at the orientation, right? Yes. And so that you guys were uh, in preparing to go serve uh, to your, you know, mm-hmm. uh, commitments with International Mission Board. What's funny is that's where you met, but uh, because the IMB has some very strict rules for singles when they go over, like especially like fresh out of college singles, or they're like, you cannot date, you know, don't even think about it yet because they're like, we're sitting you over here and don't complicate things right. in here. You guys are. Yeah. So is it like? What did things progress there? Did you like keep in touch over the next two years or was it like, uh, oh, we're just going to wait and see. We're going to, we're going to pray about it. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, so going into it, like I was just of the opinion as most singles were like, okay, well we're, we need to be single when we start this because that's what they've asked us to do. And then we'll, we'll just be single for the next few years and just knowing that going in. But once we actually got to, the orientation process and they're like okay look around everybody's here everybody's committed to going overseas so you know maybe free for all yeah (laughs) so then they sort of opened it up so we definitely kept in contact um we would like facetime once a week something like that it Mm -hmm. was it was interesting knowing that we're gonna be apart for two years so we have kind of like this marathon we're gonna make this work so Mm -hmm. and we didn't want it to be a distraction and i don't think that it was uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we kept in touch. Yeah. yeah. Weekly FaceTime met, you know, texting once in a while, but we had a five or six hour time difference. So makes it difficult. It, yeah. And, and you're and both in ministry. We were mode. doing ministry and, and it worked. And we, some, some supervisors were a little strict about people seeing each other on the field. Um, luckily ours were very understanding and allowed us to see each other. Every six uh, every months. Six months. Oh, so it was, still, it was still it was it was still a really long time to go between. But it was it it was good. Yeah. It was, it well, what's true is that like, and people don't know this necessarily about missionary culture, but like if your supervisors are married, they're like are super giddy about this happening because they like kind of treat journeymen oftentimes or you know, the shorter president, like like older children. You get kind of and it's a cool thing because you need that kind of family atmosphere, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like they're behind the scenes going, I can't wait. I'm so excited for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm sure they were like, yeah. Uh, so then you guys come back to the States and you got married and then you were in North Carolina for a little bit. And then you moved back here to this area during COVID because of all that. So that's really what we're going to pick up because as we're looking now to the future and God calling you back to the nations, this time as a family, you have a kid. Uh, so it's going to be a different experience. I want you guys to share here um really what has that been like um when do when did you sense this desire um this uh, you know some would say it's a, a calling some it's just some people i think say i'm called to the nation some people say well i i'm just obeying i feel like god's laid this on my heart and i need to obey mm-hmm. and you know what is what's what's it been like for you uh individually and then together now mm-hmm. no, i can start uh, so I was actually on a college mission trip to Nicaragua. Our church had a partnership there and I had gone many times every summer, at least, uh, sometimes spring break. And I was on a trip and our 
college pastor who was with us looked at our group of maybe 20 college kids and said, I just feel like God is calling some of you in this room to full-time missions. And I knew at that moment, it was me. I knew I was, I was like, I don't know who else does, but that's me. And I knew it and I journaled it so that I would have that promise written down to remember. And I didn't know what it would look like. I always thought I would be in a Spanish speaking country because at that point I felt really good with my Spanish. So fast forward, I graduate college a year or two later and went into some other work and wasn't looking at missions yet. And a few years later, I find myself applying to be a journeyman. And a year later, I was in Italy. I mean, it happened pretty quick, but I just knew I kind of held on to that promise and knew at some point in God's timing, this is going to happen. And I didn't try to force it. I didn't try to make it happen when it what when I wasn't ready or when it, I just had, I just knew that just keep that, just keep that promise. And so as a single going for two years, it's like, this is so fun. It's, I'm going to Italy. I mean, I did not expect to go to Italy. Let's just say I was very prideful. I was trying to not go to Europe because I had been born in Europe and lived in Europe. And I was like, I'm going to go somewhere new and a new adventure. I'm going to go to Asia or Africa. And God's like, nope, you're going back to, to Europe and you're going to be in Italy, which I, I just didn't even know that that was an unreached place, you know? And mm -hmm. it, it is, it's an unreached when, when you look at the numbers, it's, um, it's crazy, but this time around, I think, and Tyler can expand on that. It's definitely a different feel. It's not as much an exciting adventure. It is, but like someone has said, like, it's more of a sacrifice this time around leading family, bringing our baby who's a year and a half to be raised in another country without his grandparents, without people all around uh it's different it's different mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah um so for me i mean i grew up in a small town kelsey had all this uh, background with a church with you know so many internationals i don't know if you've been here long but there's oh i know you i know how long you've been here <laughs> but um there's not a lot of internationals around here i i didn't grow up like traveling to europe or going different places i never had a passport until, um, well, I mean, until I was 19, but, um, and that was only because I started reading a couple different books and God just started pulling me into this idea of like, there's more to life than, than what you're thinking. Um, so I was in college and was just very much like, I got to finish my degree as fast as I can and get into the world and make a name, make money, make a career. And it was just like timeout. Um, reading um, Radical and reading The Insanity of God really just started pushing me towards like kind of a, a crossroads. And uh, one summer I went to Nepal and I was there for, for the summer. And it was really just the first time that I saw the, the, the poverty, both spiritually and, and physically, and just seeing like just so much need, like waking up every morning to the sound of bells ringing as people are waking their gods up and just the crushing um, mm -hmm. effect of all of that. And so coming back from that, not knowing like, how is this going to play into like the trajectory that God has me on? And um, well, I will say that Kelsey had like a clear 
um, kind of distinct moment that she remembers. I do too. Not everybody has to have that mm-hmm. and not everybody yeah. does. Right. Um, for me, in a sense, mine was be- kind of because of a lack of faith that I have one um, because I felt this pressing and pressing like this is the direction, but I didn't know anybody that ever done it before. I didn't know um, you know, a worker personally. So it was so foreign to me. Like my parents had never been out of the country. I'd never been out of the country uh, until that time. Um, so I prayed one day, like, Lord, if, if this is what you're calling me to, then please just make it abundantly, totally clear. No questions asked. And the same day, a pastor, um, at the church that I was at, uh, wasn't super plugged in didn't know the pastor super well, but he came to me and he said, do you have some time to talk? And I'm like, yeah. And so, um, we start talking and he basically tells me like, I think that you're in sin, um, or you're, yeah, basically in you're in disobedience mm-hmm. by not seeking after ministry opportunities, like in, on a career kind of basis. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I was like, okay, he didn't know what I was going through and really nobody did at that time. And then just realizing, okay, like that's, that's what I asked for. And so <laughs> that's, let's, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. That's, um, that's God's kindness to us that he like, hears those prayers and he's like, all right, all right, I can meet you there and uh, I can uh, use anybody to, to speak. And now he, yeah. Abundantly, abundantly like, clear. Yeah. 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 He definitely did. So, <laughs> So from there, um, I actually kind of took a detour. Kelsey kind of went straight there. I took a detour to get some more schooling for that direction. Um, And then when we met, there was just kind of an understanding of like Mm -hmm. from the very beginning, is this something that you're seeking to potentially do after, you know, these couple of years? And that answer was yes for her and yes for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we kind of hold that hands wide open. Um, when I first, like after that encounter that I mentioned with the pastor, I got to where, so I let go of these, all these aspirations of, of all the, all of the things. And then I started grasping on just as tightly to this idea that I now had about my future. And I was holding on that just as tight as I was holding on to the other. And through that next year, year and a half, God really showed me like, if you're making this an idol the same way you were making the other thing an idol, even though this sounds better, like it's still an idol and it's, mm-hmm. you're still in sin. Yeah. And kind of working through that was really good um, for multiple reasons. But one of them being because when we came back, um, we didn't get to just turn right around and go. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the kind of the season has lasted, it's been great, but it's lasted a lot longer yeah. than we initially thought because mm-hmm. we come back in 18, we get married in 19. We have to be married a year. A year is now 2020. Nobody's sending anybody. Then 2021, Kelsey gets pregnant with our um, first child. And so then the, our child has to be a certain age. And so like everything just keeps pushing back. Um, so being able to hold on to the fact of um, like why, I guess just the heart um, but not actually having to do a specific thing and holding that as an idol. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Cause good things can be idols if they get above the ultimate thing. And like, if we yeah. get those things out of order, whether it's, uh, the good gifts of God, uh, family, uh, you know, just the grace that he gives us or ministry, uh, any of those elevated above or, or our desires for certain things. Yeah. yeah. We get those out of order and we mm-hmm. idolize them for sure. So, um, you know, one of the things that people talk about, uh, 
going overseas and you've already alluded to this Kelsey is like the the sacrifice that's you know being made on your end which is true um you know you guys are moving this time it's not like you're just fresh out of college and and by the way your responses that you said earlier like how Kelsey was like she went right in and then I took some time to like get some more scores like that is like your personality is right there right there <laughs> I just jumped in ready to go and like <laughs> I made a plan and I got <laughs> I love That's it very true. <laughs> I love it um but I think like so I want to talk about that and and really um what has been the response from the people around you who are on the other end of this sacrifice mm-hmm. you know because it's uh I think about our children and you know if I want uh, we we tell our kids all the time when you grow up like I want you to go and do whatever God calls you to do and I know like on this side of parenting right now that's like yeah and I know that what that looks like in 10 years may be hard for me as a parent and I want to be supportive, you know, uh, what's it been like with the people around you and their support of you? I would say in general, we've had a lot of support. I mean, my parents don't really have a leg to stand on. They <laughs> sort of did the same thing. <laughs> That's true. They're using the excuse. Well, we didn't have kids yet. When we left, we went, <laughs> you know, young married. And then when we had young kids, we came back. So I can see that, but, um, they're very supportive. I would say that they, they ask good questions. You know, are you close to medical care? Are you, is there this and that and good things and, um, just out of care, not trying to convince us not to do it. I think just to getting, getting us to think about the different aspects of living in another country. And obviously we're going to be learning a new language and new culture. But, um, I would say both of our parents have been very supportive. Both of our parents are believers though. That makes a huge difference. They understand they, they are in line. And I think even as we progress in the process, um, like your parents just kind of like looking more into missions and going on trips Now they haven't, they hadn't been on an overseas trip before last year. So Mm -hmm. just kind of getting them on board with just the the vision of reaching the nations is huge because if you don't, if you think that like, why would you ever leave America? That that's going to be a hard thing to break out of that mindset. Mm -hmm. And, And I think some people have asked us, you know, why not stay here? Mm -hmm. There's so much work to be done here. And I Tyler can maybe speak on that. And that's true. And and we, we have been doing that while we've been here. Yeah. Um, we haven't been idle and just sitting around waiting for our time when we finally get to go back and do what we're supposed to do. Mm. It's like, okay, well, God has us here right now. What are we going to be doing while we're here? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, families have been very supportive, but there have been questions at times like, yeah, I mean, have you not seen all the lost people here? They're everywhere. And I'm like, yes, they are. And we have a heart for our own nation. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, well, a couple of things, God has laid this on our heart for one. Mm-hmm. And for two, kind of inside of that is while we can meet people, um, oftentimes, when we're overseas, the difference is a lot of these people, they've never heard the gospel one time. Mm-hmm. They might not live in a context where they can find a Bible or where they can even research to find other believers. Yeah. They can't just walk into a church and ask questions. Mm-hmm. So we have j- just this heart for the 
I mean, really, it's billions of people who, you know, are born, live their whole life and die and never have a gospel presentation. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of uh, a big motivator for us. Yeah, I think that's good. I think a lot of times people do try to make it that either or like, mm-hmm. but it really is. It's the both and it's the yes, you're absolutely right. And we need to meet those needs here, too. And then but there's needs elsewhere as well. And I mean, you know, one of the things I think God as Christians, he we are all called to what Jesus says in the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And for some, that's we all have a role in that. Uh, we all have a piece to play in that. And for some people, they're never going to go to another country on a any type of mission. Uh, yeah, you know, and that that might be okay. You know, that that doesn't mean they can't shouldn't have a heart, shouldn't pray, shouldn't sin, shouldn't give all those things. And likewise, there I believe God has wired some people for this ministry. You know, to go in another context, and not just just to be very clear, not just Americans going to other countries, but what we're seeing in global missions is there's actually a huge number of people from other countries going to serve in other nations. You know, I think of many, um, there's a book called Back to Jerusalem. It's about the underground church in China and their vision to take the gospel from China back to Jerusalem and, and how they're even better equipped in many ways to reach people across Asia than the American missionary. Um, I think of, um, you know, the the Korean church is sending so many missionaries, I think mm-hmm. percentage wise, far more percentage wise in the Western church. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not just like American missionaries are out to save the world. It's no, the church, mm-hmm. the big right. capital C church is called to go to the nations. And this is a piece of that. It's a both mm-hmm. end. And I mean, it really, I think for you guys, particularly it does make a huge difference that you both have believing parents who are supportive. And also I love how you said like, God is still, God is using this in their lives to stretch them and grow them. Um, because no matter how old we are, we're not done growing in our faith where God isn't finished stretching us. And I think, um, you know, I think your parents would probably attest to that. And your parents probably feel really differently about you going than they did about them going. Right. Just like me. I mean, I will probably, you know, if that happens for your kids, I'll be the same way. I'll be like, well, what about it? Not like, I remember being like, see y'all I'm headed. Like what? Never been out of the country, but I'm leaving for two years. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I knew everything. Uh, and I did not know everything, but, um, Oh, I really appreciate you guys sharing that. So, and we're going to talk a little bit more about evangelism here in the States, but I want you guys uh, to share just what are you going to go do? <laughs> what What's it going to look like? I think a lot of people are curious about that. And I think because when we hear the word in, when we hear about going and, uh, you know, the goal of all of this, no matter what kind of physical or tangible needs um, a missionary or oh, I just said the word, I'll have to go back. No matter what physical or tangible needs an M is trying to meet, uh, you know, the end goal is is evangelism and church planting. And I remember when I first went overseas and they're like, we are looking for some church planters. And I was like, I can't do construction. I can't do I, that. <laughs> that's all I knew at the time. That was my vision of what that was. It's not what it is at all. Mm-hmm. Uh and I mean, it may involve some construction. Um, and now I've watched way, a lot of YouTube videos renovating our house. So I could probably do a little bit of it, but, um, I think, you know, there's just this misconception about what it looks like, but that is the goal. Uh, and so where, where you guys will be in North Africa, what, what is it going to look like initially and then long-term? So 
where we're going, it's it's um, not legal to share the gospel. There, like, there's no need for us to have any construction background because we're not going to be able to build anything. Because right. The legality of all of it. Yeah. Um, so, I'm really the focus um, for for us will be getting into the country and we'll have a have a platform a reason for being there in the eyes of the government but we're really there um to to meet people to live everyday life and to be able to share the gospel and you know we go to the parks and do our hobbies you know normal things in the context of of the context you know as, as long as they're appropriate there whatever the case might be um and um and just live life and share what we're, what we're about and who God has made us and who God's, um, you know, who he is and just the truth of the gospel and the life that that brings. So on a, like a practical matter. So in the beginning, basically the, the idea is full-time, um, work, um, trying to, to meet people and share and then full-time language. And then after, couple of years as that pains me to say yeah once oh, <laughs> that does like you said a couple of years wow yeah. so years. after a couple of years um when we test out of language then the the second piece becomes you know doing the work and then also doing platform work so the business that's there that we'll be working on which is actually it's it's a legitimate business um that benefits the community but we'll put more attention onto that. But in the beginning, it's just like meeting people and sharing and then learning the language and the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that um, a worker is not like fully in their stride until year seven with language and culture and all the rest. Mm-hmm. So that's like pretty intimidating, but that just shows you how much there is to learn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll be like watching a television show or something and, you know, a, a statement is made and you're like, you know, there's like a joke made about how somebody interprets that. And it's like, yeah, an adult could do that, much less a, a child or somebody like us that's learning the language for years, you know, those mm-hmm. nuances, um, but trying to get that language deeper so that we can go deeper in conversation and relationship. Yeah, and that's that'll be a huge thing that we're lifting up for you guys is the language acquisition, because that's a big undertaking, to because you're not just trying to become functional in the language. I mean, you're trying to become fluent, mm-hmm. as, as fluent as possible to communicate as well as possible. Um, and I, what I've found is that the better or what I've experienced, not because I've been able to do this, but I've witnessed it just in our partnerships, is that the more fluent you are, the more respect people have mm-hmm. to listen uh, to you because mm-hmm. they understand that you're, they just, they, they recognize that you care enough to speak to them mm-hmm. as, as fluently as you possibly can. <laughs> and right. they recognize that. And I, you know, so we will be definitely be lifting that up for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, uh, you know, as you raising kid, kid, a child, maybe more in the future, Lord knows, uh, uh, you know, I know that's just are you guys, like, what does this look like as a family? I mean, and I know that you guys don't know everything, but you also have people ahead of you in this walk who have shared with you as best as you know, what's this going to look like for your family? I don't, I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, That's a great I answer, guess. actually, right there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't have high expectations, you can more easily go with the flow. Uh, yeah, no, and that's that's a huge part of, of doing overseas work is flexibility, you know. And sometimes, and when we first get there, our job is going to be language and, and meeting people. And it after that, it, it 
could go in a lot of directions. So we could continue their platform work with teaching, or we can start our own business and kind of start our own platform. And it, things can kind of shift really quickly, but I mean, they encourage you to dive into the culture, dive into the, put your kids, if you can, in the local schools, have them meet local kids, try to get together with the local moms. You know, in our context, the women will be with women and the men will be with men. So I'll probably get together with moms and women and maybe do park hangouts. Or I mean, it's probably more similar to life here than many people would think. You know, they we're not in the Sahara Desert, you know, sitting on blankets and camels uh, surrounding <laughs> us. I mean, we can maybe get there somehow, but, um, <laughs> but I, I think it will look like normal life. Let's go get coffee. Let's go get, you know, tea or whatever it is there and talk and just get to know each other. And play so games. I play yeah. games. I mean, we're going to try to bring some of our culture to people like, you know, people want to hang out with Americans in, in most places and learn they're from them. Because so, they're curious. Because, yeah, they're curious, not yeah. because we're better. Well, superior. I mean, think about a note on that. I mean, it's so much of it is because their only familiarity with American culture, for the most part, is what's exported in the movies, in the movies right. and media, which is, it is not positive. <laughs> like, and so there's a lot of curiosity yeah. just about, yeah. you know, in sports culture, all those things that we export, export mm -hmm. in our media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is... I mean, everything can be utilized and redeemed for the glory of God. And so mm -hmm. having those opportunities. Yeah, that makes me think like when I was working in the country that I was in, like so many people associate all of that stuff with being American. And then they're also told that America is the Christian nation. And mm -hmm. so they, they put those together. So from their religious perspective, they're like, you guys are evil. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, I can see why you would think that if you put Hollywood and put a sticker of Christianity on right. top of it and you're like, yeah, that's pretty evil. Mm -hmm. So like breaking down what it means to be a believer, uh, follower of Jesus. And then like, yeah, kind of starting like, honestly, a blank slate is easier to start with than that. Mm -hmm. And most people are getting that because like you said, we export so much of our Hollywood stuff. I think mm -hmm. what you're saying is like, well, they oftentimes America is viewed as a Christian nation. And so mm -hmm. these labels get intertwined and they're like, you guys are just crazy. And then they have, I would say the, the illegitimate reasons, but legitimate rationale right. for that uh, mm -hmm. because of what's exported. Mm -hmm. uh, and so just being mindful of that. And I, I, you know, and Kelsey, you said it like a lot of your life will just look like what it looks like here. Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about that, uh, but we're going to do that uh, next week. So uh, we're going to pause right now. And by next week, I mean, we're going to pause and we're going to break this into two parts. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about evangelism and personal evangelism and what that has looked like here. And you don't want to, hey, if you're you're wrapping up this week's episode, let me tell you, you want to pay attention to this uh, next episode that's going to come out next week because uh, I've been so encouraged by you guys and the ways that you have done this here. Um, it's been challenging to me, uh, even as we were meeting and praying for folks, I was like, yeah, I got to do, <laughs> I got to be more like Tyler in this. And be, uh, so, um, so that's a wrap for this week. We're going to continue the conversation next week. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.